Everybody glad you're here. Uh, those joining us online, uh, we love you, except you're going to miss out on a cool t-shirt because you're not here. Um, we got these actually before COVID and uh, Randy had them, but they have the scripture text for my sermon tonight on them. Romans 12, 2, just power core. So because I love you and your brother, my brother, and you help me, but I got that's one. Let me see how th- far I can throw these. See if I can throw to Jared. Uh, hurt my back. If it's the wrong size, um, okay, Craig. Catch it, Kathy. Did I not get it there? How many did I th- have I thrown so far? Three. Don't lie to me. Now, if it's the wrong size, bring it down and steal one that is the right size and the people tomorrow can have all the wrong sizes. (laughs) Oh, yes. I can throw. I can't catch. I'm too blind to catch. Dominique, don't die for it. I'm going to start throwing my underwear next. I'm leaving. You're leaving. Here you go, Jimmy. Thank you. Oh, years ago, before this building was built, we were just worshiping in the gym, and I used a, a T-shirt launcher. And it was pretty cool until I hit a baby in the face. Yeah, I know it was bad. That family never came back to church. Um, So um, just grab those and remember the text tonight. Let's pray over God's word. Father, tonight we start a new series devoted to you. It's your word. We want the anointing of the Holy Spirit. We want Jesus to be magnified. Speak through your word in his name. We pray. So you got, some of you got new t-shirts. How do you like this shirt? My son, Jake, gave it to me for Father's Day, and it means everything to me, not uh, just because he gave it to me. Um, it says Long's Peak Summit Club, and I happen to be a, a member of the Summit Club. My Debbie and I and Jake on one trip, we've climbed that peak a few times. Oh, there's me. Um, I'm actually on the, on the way down uh, from having gone to the top, um, 14,259 feet. And on one of those treks on the way down, we bump into uh, a 20-something uh, couple, and they ask the first question that everybody on the trail asks when they meet someone coming toward them from the top. They, they ask, did you make it to the top? And we're like, yeah, baby. Um, of course, you get by them, and you're like... <laughs> But then they ask the second question that everyone asks on the way up when they see someone come the other direction, how much farther to the top? Now, these young people, they had come uh, over six miles already. And when we told them they had another hard three-mile climb ahead of them, they looked down at their shoes. And we looked down at their shoes. They weren't wearing hiking shoes. They were wearing tennis shoes 
and their sneakers were in a ruined condition. Six miles on a mountain trail had just wrecked their sneakers. I, there was no way they were going any farther up because it was just going to get harder and harder, more treacherous, more difficult. I don't know how. It was going to be a huge challenge for them to get back to six miles they had come in those ruined sneakers, shoes in a ruined condition. Now, I wanted to share that story with you to get us ready for, I mean, it's what makes me super excited. Those kids, that mountain climb did not turn out the way they had planned. In fact, it was obvious that they had not planned. And so we're going into this new series called Rethink. When life hasn't turned out the way you planned, because there are things more important and more, more precious than a pair of tennis shoes when it comes to real life. I mean, you can, you can be in a ruined marriage. It can feel like your parenting is ruined. You, you can have completely ruined finances. Addiction can ruin your life. Divorce, the loss of a loved one can make it feel like life has been ruined. Even our emotions can feel utterly ruined. But, but here's the great good news. If you are willing to rethink, if you're willing to rethink, then what was ruined can be restored. I mean, restored 100%. Think about that. Relationships, emotions, a financial picture, totally restored. You can go from ruined to restored if you're willing to rethink. And that's, that's the strength of chapter 12 in Romans. And so we're gonna begin at the beginning. Chapter 12, verse one, here's the word of God. Therefore, say therefore. Every time you see therefore in scripture, you wanna ask yourself, what is therefore there for? Because it points backward to what has been said so that you can understand what's coming. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercies, for the first 11 chapters of Romans, the Apostle Paul, he's writing this letter to the church in Rome, and for the first 11 chapters, he has been evidencing that there are mercies of God that are uniquely designed for your life now. On some level, they are universal. That, that means everyone who is a Christ follower gets to experience them, but on another level, God's mercy is unique to you. I want to give you an overview, overview of the first 11 chapters of Romans to show you what I mean. What are the mercies of God? Here we go together real quick. I'll go back just a second. I'm sorry. Uh, to rethink means to refocus on God's mercies. If there is some area of your life that you're afraid that it's in ruin 
or is in danger of being in ruin, begin to rethink. And to rethink means to refocus on God's mercies. Refocus, rethink. Every time we say rethink in this series, refocus on the mercies of God. First 11 chapters, here they are, an overview. Mercy number one, we can bring our sinful messes to Jesus. You have yours, I have mine, but Romans chapter one, two, and three say that we can bring them to Jesus. Mercy number two, the Lord cleans up our sinful mess and gives us joy. He takes our mess and what we get in exchange is his joy. Mercy number three, the more we trust Jesus, the more peace he gives. That's Romans five. Romans 6 through 8 indicates that mercy number 4, Jesus gives us victory over all of life's difficulty. Marital difficulty, financial difficulty, parenting difficulty, relational difficulty, emotional difficulty, every kind of difficulty. Jesus has a victory for you. And mercy number 5, the Lord keeps all his promises forever. That's Romans 9 through 11. And now that you have your focus, wherever Life feels like um, you're about to topple into ruin. And you have set your focus on the mercies of God. Watch this message again tomorrow. Ask me for the manuscript. But focus on the mercies of God. When you focus on God's mercy, that's your ultimate focus. Because our tendency is to focus on all the wrong things that are going to make absolutely no difference in our lives at all. But when you have the ultimate focus on God's mercy, then you can make the ultimate play. I think that's what's next. With the ultimate focus, you can make the ultimate play. Well, what is the ultimate play so that you can go from ruin to 100% restored? What's the ultimate play? Paul goes on. He, He continues to write, here's what I want you to do. God helping you. You can't pull this off on your own, but God helping you. Here's what I want you to do. Take your everyday, ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work, and walking around life, and place it before God as an offering. You you surrender every aspect of your life to God. The the ultimate focus is, is keeping at the forefront of your thought and your heart God's mercies, that you can give him your sinful mess, that he'll give you his joy, his peace, his victory, and he keeps all of his promises forever. That's your focus. But then you make the ultimate play by surrendering every aspect of your life because this is what trips people up and they keep ruining relationships. They just keep doing ruined things. You, do you know what the opposite of rethink is? You know what the opposite of refocus is? It's insanity. <laughs> you know the definition of insanity? It's doing the same thing in the same way and expecting different results. Doing the same thing in your marriage the same way and thinking you're going to get a better marriage. Doing the same thing the same way and in your parenting and think you're going to get a better relationship with your kids. Doing the same thing the same way in your finances and thinking you'll get better finances. Doing the same thing the same way in your emotions and thinking you're going to get healthier emotions. When we surrender every aspect of our life Every aspect of our life is restored. Here's the big danger. The unsurrendered parts of your life are the parts 
that will ruin you. Whatever it is in your life or mine where, where we, and I can just say this from personal experience, but whatever are the unsurrendered areas of our life, those are the areas that will end up not just tripping us, but ruining us. And, and so then the Apostle Paul, he uses Roman 12 wisdom to help our rethinking, our refocusing on the mercies of God. Because there's one place where you will find no mercy, where you will find no benefit, where you will find no restoration. Here's what he says. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world. Don't look for the world as your pattern. You'll just keep walking into one area of ruin, into another area of ruin. Don't use the customs and behaviors of this world, but let God transform you, your marriage, your parenting, your emotions, your finances. Let God transform you into a new person. You can be new. The old, it can be gone. And the new, the new is evermore like Jesus. Here's the way I like to say it. Give none of you to the world. Give God all of you. Give the world, none of you. Give God, all of you. And that's the exact opposite that most people pursue their lives. Their tendency is to give all of themselves to the ways of the world and leftovers to God. Give the world, none of you. It's a dead end street. Give God, all of you, every surrendered area of your life gets restored. Every surrendered area finds restoration. So, here's the promise of God's word. Here's what Paul has been leading up to. Look at the word of God. Then you will learn from your own experience how God's ways will really satisfy you. Satisfy. God's ways for your marriage will satisfy your marriage. God's ways for your finances will satisfy you in your finances. God's ways for your parenting, for your emotions, will, will satisfy you in your parenting and your emotions. This way, none of you to the world, all of you uh, to God. You'll find out from personal experience that God's way satisfies you. Now, what I've given you so far, if this were a sandwich... What I've given you are the two slices of bread. The bottom piece of bread is um, give the world none of you. Give God all of you. That's the bottom part of the bread. Top part of the bread, God's ways satisfy. But in this sandwich, I mean, the bread is just carbs. It's not going to carry you through. It's not going to be your strength. What you need is meat. Meat. That's a lot of meat. Okay, I want to show you that the meat of this sandwich is the slice of scripture right between the bread. Give the world none of you. Give God all of you. And it personally experienced God's ways of satisfaction. Here's the meat right between. Changing the way you think. Without the meat... Without the meat, all you got is carbs. You're going to be hungry again in an hour. With the meat, changing the way you think, you got the strength 
to power through any challenge, any difficulty, to take your life from ruin to totally restored, to get the joy, to get the peace, to get the victory, to be on the receiving end of all God's promises, to be free and rid of your sinful mess. Now, the Greek word for changing in the text is very unique. Anakinosis, and it means renovating for the better. When you renovate your mind for the better, it takes your, any area of your life that's in ruin, it takes it to 100% restoration. So, how do we renovate our thinking? Paul says, you change the way you think. You renovate your mind for the better by the way you think about Jesus. Now, this isn't thinking uh, 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 like daydreaming. This is more like deep-held belief. Your thoughts now are your beliefs. You anchor your life to your beliefs, and it's your belief about Jesus that renovates your mind so that you can, for the better, so you can, so, so you can go from ruin to restored. This is a pattern all through scripture. I'm just gonna give you three high points on the power of belief to renovate your mind, how you think about Jesus. Look at the word of God. Scripture says, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved. You will be restored, you and your family. Notice the power when you renovate your mind by what you think, how you believe Jesus, it has a ripple effect. It ripples from you and has a positive impact. It can take your kids out of ruin. It can take your spouse out of ruin. It ripples from you to the people that are important in your life that you love. Your belief, renovating your mind for the better by how you believe about Jesus. Here's number two. Those who believe and are baptized will be saved, will be restored. Notice how the belief, the renovation of the mind for the better leads to action. Your belief can't be held in private. You go public with your belief by being baptized. One more, Romans 10, 9. If you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe... Renovate your mind for the better. Believe in your heart. You see, it's got to go that 18 inches from just knowing about God to truly knowing Jesus. If you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. You will be restored. So, to rethink is not just to refocus. Refocus on the mercies of God. To rethink is to re believe. Rebelieve what about Jesus? Rebelieve Jesus is or was and is God. I like to say it this way. Jesus is God who came to earth through human birth. Fully human, born as a baby of a teenage uh, virgin, fully God, making him the only perfect qualified candidate to die in our place for our sins. But Jesus is God. He's always been God without beginning and without end. Here's how John, his best friend wrote it. John writes this way. 
in the beginning, it means creation. When creation happened, the cosmos, the universes, the galaxies, this planet, human beings, animals, life forms. In the beginning, the word, that's another name for Jesus. In the beginning, the, the word Jesus, he already existed because he is eternal God. The word was with God during creation and the word was God. The word became human and made his home among us for 33 years. Jesus was one of us, fully God, never stopped being God, but willingly humbled himself to take on the form of a human being. In that form, he tenaciously battled his way through every test, every trial, every trouble, every temptation, and did so without sin. Where we have failed miserably, he succeeded past every test with flying colors. Thus, he was the one true, sinless, perfect human, thus qualified to take our place on the cross as our substitute and die for our sin. Now, that's the second thing. You gotta believe, you gotta re-believe that Jesus is our substitute. Jesus died for our sins as our substitute. Every part of his suffering was what we deserve for our sins. He got, he got the death we deserve to die and we get the life we don't deserve. Uh, someone tonight, as I was greeting them, let me know how blessed they are beyond anything they deserve. That's true of all of us. Even in the face of our most difficult situations, God is good. God is faithful. And we position ourselves under his blessing. Jesus was our substitute. He took our place on the cross and died for our sins. Here's how scripture says it. God made Christ, who never sinned, not once, didn't say a sin, didn't do a sin, didn't think a sin. He made Christ, who never sinned, to be the offering, the sacrifice for our sin so that we could, so that we could be made right with God. Jesus willingly threw his body on the cross, in our place, for our sin. It reminds me of that old uh, Clint Eastwood uh, movie, In the Line of Fire. In the movie, Clint Eastwood uh, plays a secret service agent. He has to take an oath that he would willingly sacrifice his body. He would put himself in the line of fire to protect the president of the United States. Well, friends, what Jesus did is so far beyond that. I mean, the president of the United States is the commander in chief and a secret service, service agent has to be willing to put his life in the line of fire for the commander in chief. But friends, Jesus is the commander in chief of the cosmos. But he humbly and willingly put his life in the line of fire. He put his life in harm's way. He put his life in hate's way. He put his life in hell's way to save us from our sins. In fact, all the suffering he got is multiplied to us in blessing. Look how the word of God says it. The goodness of God. God took the sinless Christ and poured into him all our sins. Then in exchange, he poured God's goodness into us. 
What an exchange. All our sin. In fact, from the cross, from that height, from that perspective, Jesus could look down through the centuries to 2022, to this moment, to this room, and see David Clark. And from the cross say, David, I see you. I see all of your life from birth to death. I see every sin, every sinful thought, every sinful word, every sinful deed. I see it all. I love you, David. And in my love, I will die to pay for your sins. And from the perspective of the cross, Jesus looked down to 2022 and saw you, your life from birth to death, saw your sin and said, I love you. And I willingly take your place, take your punishment, and give you the goodness of God. Um, Rebelieve. Jesus was and is God. Rebelieve. Jesus died for our sins as our substitute. And, and thirdly, rebelieve that Jesus is our risen. Restore. The reason that the ruin in our lives can go to restored is because Jesus offers us the incomparably great power of his resurrection. Now, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to give you scripture to substantiate this. I, I would encourage you to go home and read your Bible for yourself about the benefits of the resurrection. But let me take you back to Long's Peak. This time, um, this is the trip when Jake was with Deb and I and some other people from our church, and we're on the way up. We had passed that six-mile mark. We've gone through what is called the trough, hardest part of the climb. We get to the top of the trough, and uh, one of the young men with us um, just gave up. He laid down. He, uh, I went over and knelt down by him, and he said, I, I don't believe I can go on. I, I don't believe I can get to the top. I said, I want you to get up a second. I want you to look up ahead on the mountainside. Look up there. You see your brother? You see Jake? Tonight when we're sitting around the campfire, those boys are going to have stories to tell. If you lay here and you don't go on, you're going to have no story to tell. Well, because I'm an incredible motivational speaker, (laughs) he did get up. He did get to the top. And we had a bunch of joy to share with each other around the campfire that night. Now, so I'm just going to tell you about Jesus being my risen restorer. I'm just going to tell you my personal experience. You may doubt the Bible, but you can't doubt my story. My story is my story. For the last two plus years, we've been coming out, you and me, everybody, we've been coming out of the ruins of COVID, the ruins of loneliness and isolation, the ruins of disruption and unrest, the ruins of sickness and, and death. And I, I, I've decided that I still believe right now at this point, about two plus years from the beginning of COVID, I still believe what I believed before COVID. In fact, I've made a commitment to re-believe what I believe. I re-believe that Jesus is the Christ the son of the living God. I re-believe that Jesus is God who came to earth through human birth. I re-believe that he lived a sinless life, battled his way tenaciously through every temptation, 
until he was absolutely perfect. And I really believe that he willingly laid his perfect life, sinless life, innocent life down on the cross to pay for our sins. And I really believe that God raised him from the dead on the third day. I really believe that I am filled with the Holy Spirit. I really believe that I'm saved by grace. I really believe that our sins are forgiven by the shed blood of Christ. I really believe that I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. I really believe that God is able to do immeasurably, abundantly, exceedingly more than all I can imagine. I really believe that he makes all things beautiful in their time. I really believe that God works all things together for the good. I really believe in the mercies of God that I can give Jesus my sinful mess, that he gives me his joy. I really believe that he gives me his peace. I really believe that he gives me his victory. I really believe that Jesus is rebuilding his church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I re-believe. Thank you so much for listening to the Central Wire podcast. Be sure to stay connected with us at centralwire.com and have a great week.